Well, it's Sunday, and welcome to In The Moment. I'm your host, Reverend Ricky Allen Jr., and we want to thank you once again for joining us as we uh, continue sharing this lovely gospel, uh, continue sharing the love of Jesus to the world. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I just pray that you are healthy, that you're doing okay, that your family's up and at it, and don't let Satan distract you this morning from what God has already called you to do. Don't let Satan distract you this morning from what God has already called you to do, and that is to get into his word, get into his worship, and get into a relationship with him. Amen. But first, we definitely want to continue our prayers to take care of this issue going on between Russia and Ukraine. So, where you are right now, I want you to raise your Bibles up and I want you to grab a hand of someone and let it be known that we're not going to stand for this. Let it be known that we're not going to just stand by idly and watch families get broken up, uh, children get killed, adults get killed, people getting thrown to prison. Uh, we, we're not going to deal with that. So let us pray right now. Let's pray this war away. Let's, let's do that. Let us pray. Lord, we know you're real. And we know that when we pray, you hear our prayers. We continue to pray for those dealing with the Russia-Ukraine war. We continue to pray for the families who have risen up against oppression, families who've been broken up. There are those who look at events like these and say, why do I care? I'm not over there. There are other things going on in the world we have so many other things to concern ourselves with. This is just another conflict. Lord, I pray that we never become so accustomed to the lack of empathy. That we always pray for those hurting regardless of who they are, where they are, and what they look like. For your son died for them and for me. Help us remember that when we think in a manner that is not kingdom-like. Now, Lord, have your way. We have brought our prayers to you, and we await the peace in the world that goes beyond all understanding from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We have a timeless God who does great and mighty things. Hallelujah. A timeless God. A timeless God. You do great and marvelous things of sufficient God. Timeless God. A timeless God oh, You do great and marvelous things of sufficient God You caught the protocol of our time You made the earth a spoken word For a thousand years it's like a day before our God the God of speed was all your 
a timeless God. You do great and marvelous things of sufficient God, a timeless God, a timeless God. for tuning in today. We pray God is going to bless you with a mighty message and hope to support you in your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Email us at yourmomentministries at gmail.com with your praise and prayer requests. Help support this ministry through your cash app, dollar sign, your moment. We appreciate your continued prayers and support. And now, today's message. We're in Matthew, where Jesus is laying out his model prayer to his disciples. This is where we've been the majority of this month. And in this series, we're at Matthew 6.13, which reads as follows. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, now we ask you to... Help us glean from this text what you want us to take from it. Lord, as always, I'm reminded that we all have prayed this prayer since we were little. Many of us have. And we've never really taken out the time to really look into it, to really dive into it. And take in the words. I ask you, Lord, right now to reveal yourself. Push me to the side, Lord, and bring about the vision that's needed to truly see and read these words for what they are and what they're meant to do. And we'll give your name the glory and praise always. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. As you can see, we're still in the same line of thought because it begins with the conjunction and. If you want to set your day right with the Lord, focus your hearts and highlight these verses. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. It's a present tense from this point forward. When you're praying this, you're praying for the day that you're in. It's putting you in today. It's not talking about tomorrow or the next day or next week. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Moving forward. Verse 12, and. So it's not just praying for daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So we're still, it's, it's the same thought. Moving on. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is, these three verses are all one continuous thought. Verses 11 through 13 could be the Lord's Prayer and you never know the difference on the real. We're blessed to have more than this verses 11 through 13, but this could be a prayer within itself. Again, it's, it's prayer within prayers, people. You're praying for provision, forgiveness, the ability to forgive, and now to avoid temptation. And this is all in one day. 
<laughs> when you look at it from verses 11 through 13 and you're praying for your day, this is, you're praying for all this just to get through the day, folks. Isn't that great? Jesus packs these words in a way that if you breeze by them, you'd miss it. And that's what I've been talking about these, these past couple of days, you know, these past couple of weeks, is we've said this prayer, we've memorized it, but we've never really truly looked at the words and really focused on them. I mean, it's so important to slow down when you're reading God's word and truly take in these meanings here. We're praying for the Lord to lead us away from temptation because we're not Jesus. That's how we pray for the Lord not to lead us into temptation. Throughout your day, you're tempted to do dozens of things that aren't right. You're tempted to say all sorts of things that aren't kingdom focused. And it's important to realize why Jesus came and that was to take these sinful areas of our life and cover it with his blood and take all of him and cover over all of little me and all of little you so that his will be done and not our own and give us the victory over it by simply saying no. A lot of folks are where they are right now because they stared sinful opportunities in the face and they couldn't look away. That's why we pray for God to lead us not into temptation. Because there is no way we can carry that on our own. There's no way. We're not, we're not Jesus. We want to be like Jesus, but we're not Jesus. This is why the second portion of the verse deliver us from evil hits different. We cannot save ourselves. We need Jesus. So now the first part lets us know we're not Jesus. The second part lets us know we need Jesus. We need him to govern our lives and our families and all the things that gives our life meaning. The Greek word for deliver is ruameme, and it means to draw to oneself. From our vantage point, we could say that we need to get closer to Jesus. Spiritually, he has saved us from sin. Physically, we need to get as close as possible to his word. The battle's been won already. Spiritually, the battle's won. And it's won for you if you have chosen Christ as your Lord and Savior. It is won for you if you have decided that not only are you going to get baptized and show the world that you are a Christ follower, but you really are going to follow Christ in your life. We got a lot of people out there that went and got baptized, never came back to the church again. Why is that? Because somewhere along the line, they lack the Christian education and understanding that this is not just something you're doing as a check in the box. This is something that is life changing. Not as much as stuff that you're going to do to make changes than it is God's going to take out of you so that you can make the changes because now you have victory over that sin and you can say no. You can say no. A lot of folks don't come to Christ because they have a concern that they're not going to do or be able to do what they want to do anymore. Uh, that's very far 
from the latter. In fact, you're not going to even think about doing those things anymore because you're going to be a new creature. You're going to be something totally different. You're going to change and not even realize you've changed. How many of you all out there right now who are saved by the blood of Christ were a totally different person years ago before you came to Christ, and then when you came to Christ, you didn't even realize how much you had changed until someone told you? Because that is the power of Christ working through you, and you're getting close to Christ. And we thank God for it. We thank God for you. Now, go and tell someone else. Matthew 28. Read it. We got the Great Commission. Read it. This is what God has called us to do. Go do it. James 4, 7 puts it this way. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You submit first before you can resist, and you do both when you are as close to Jesus as possible. The last portion of this prayer takes us back to the beginning in a sense because it's a reminder that God is everything. He is the kingdom. He is the power. He is the glory. All present tense, people. Not past tense. He is all of these things. And not just that. He's that forever. That's what you call speaking with the utmost confidence in God's rule. People don't like that type of confidence nowadays in anything. We live in a world where victims are no longer victims, where brokenness is celebrated but not eradicated. What do I mean by that? We live in a world where people celebrate being broken and they're doing nothing about their brokenness. It's like driving a car that's completely messed up and as long as it's running, you're not doing anything else to it. You see it's broken. You see the fender is about to fall off. You see the windshields tore up. But you're going to do nothing about it. And people just let you go ahead. I love you enough to know, to let you know that Christ is here to help you, to restore you, and to give you the strength that you need to move forward with him complete without being broken but you know we live in a world that is uh, they don't like you being strong they don't like you being uh, anything worth strength that is people don't like that type of confidence being strong is a negative so when you say, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, in reference to God, mean it. He sent his son to die for you. Jesus gave us his words to guide us and his Holy Spirit to intervene. Jesus went into the world to die for our sins, to an old rugged cross to die for you because the responsibility was too great for you to bear, though you deserved it, though I deserved it, but he loved us enough to take it upon himself. The punishment, this sinful nature that we all fight against, Jesus said, I will take it on my back. I will take the beating. I will take the bruising. I will take the crucifixion and I will carry it to the grave and I will claim the grave 
and rise up with all power in my hand. That's what he did. Don't ever fool yourselves into thinking that it could have been any different. I know what the world says. They're thinking this could have been different. Well, why would this have to happen? Because they're looking for any part they can claim for themselves. You need a savior. Not just another man-made solution. How many times have you... How many things you're going to read? How many self-care videos are you going to watch? I mean, really. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But do it with the Lord. Let him present to you ideas to take care of yourself. He wants to take care of you. Let him provide the means to do so. You're sitting there reading all these things about... Take, God has already provided a means in his word to take care of yourself. And we might do a series on that in regards to this era of self-care. Like it's something new. It's not new. <laughs> it's not new, people. Don't be fooled by the world's rule and trends. These things they pull from the Bible. They simply remove God's word from it, make it their own, and repackage it back to you, the viewer, the consumer, and say, oh, Here's something new to help yourself. When the Bible has already taken care of that years earlier. Decades, centuries earlier. It's always been here. But that would mean you would have to submit to the Lord to truly unlock the potential in those words to be what you want to be and be where you want to be. As we finish this series, here are some thoughts I want you to consider. First of all, don't think Satan is going to let you pray. When you pray the Lord's Prayer, don't think Satan's going to let you pray any at all. No, in fact, he'll work to distract you even harder. He'll get you to a point to where you forget to pray because you'll be thinking that you're taking care of yourself when that's not the case. Make it a muscle memory to pray first without the distractions. Fight through the distractions. I recall a time when I was praying for a family and every phone in the house rang, but it was only one number. Now, back in the day when you were doing the dial and everybody had a phone in the house before they got cell phones, when you rang that one number, all the, you know, the, the phones in the house would ring. And then eventually got to where, you know, they had a system in place to where, you know, only one would ring and all that jazz. But the phones kept ringing and it kept ringing and it kept ringing because Satan was trying to distract us from praying. Because up to that point, no phone had rung. But all of a sudden now, all the phones are ringing. It wasn't natural. We knew it wasn't natural. Why is that? Because it'll get you to a point to where you forget to pray because you'll be thinking about you taking care of you when that's not the case. Make it, again, a muscle memory to pray first. Number two, asking people to pray for you is always good. Ask people to pray for you. Have your intercessories. Have those folks that you know authentically authentically, when you say, pray for me, they're going to stop what they're doing, or they're going to take the time out of their day to pray for you. Not just folks giving you mouth work. We got a lot of Christians out there that like to give mouth work. They want to act like, yes, I'm going to pray for you and thoughts and prayers and all this jazz. Well, the world's caught on to your facade and we all know you're not praying. We all know you're not even thinking about us. We need intercessory prayer warriors to truly pray when we ask for prayer. I have my own. I have people that I go to specifically to pray for certain things that I know they're going to pray for. Have your own. Make that circle small. Doesn't need everybody. Just need a few people. 
God worked with a remnant. Don't forget that. Acts 12, 5 states, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. The end result was his freedom. So people prayed. So have folks that can pray for you. 1 Peter 3.12 states, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So make sure the right people are praying for you. Most important, make sure they're praying to Jesus. Anytime someone asks me to pray for me, when they want to pray for me, they, you know, they, they feel compelled to pray for me, and I say, okay, I, I welcome prayer. I'm not being ugly. You're praying to Jesus, right? Because you got to make sure of that. You got to make sure they understand that. Because uh, the title God is very generalized nowadays. You don't know what God they're praying to. So make sure when people are praying for you that they're praying to Jesus Christ. Because that's who you're praying to, right? That's, that's who you serve, right? So should be an issue. Shouldn't even be insulted. And if they're insulted, educate them on why that's important. Finally, prayer is spiritual independence. Prayer leans on your faith in Christ and gives you that one-on-one -on -one relationship you desire. I know many of you out there right now are working on your relationship with Christ. You are not sure where it's at. You're not sure whether or not you're even doing this correctly. You're thinking to yourself, I have so much doubt in my heart about being a Christian. I have so much hurt in my heart in this Christian walk. I wonder if God is even paying attention. Well, he is paying attention and your prayers make it so. So keep praying, keep talking. Don't let these feelings inside of yourself block you from the God that you serve.